radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Roy tries another. He's only had one shot in the game. He's tried six. It'll come back to Scuderi. Kyle Clifford. Traffic loose. Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. I, uh, I'm James Cole. 2020. I'm James Cole. And I'm Bruce Pataglia from the north side. Don't know if we said that last week. We did. Probably it, it took did a bit. We? It, it was off the hop. Didn't really need to, anyway. It's episode, right down the description. Yeah, episode 69. It was a big one. Yeah. It was a landmark episode. Thanks to all our guests. Not, not this one's not. Even though this is a round number, somehow not a landmark. But that no. one was. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Definitely. No. Yeah. And, and yeah. Thanks to our, all our guests for those nice comments they made. Really enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it was good to uh, to hear Cole Turbide. Glad to see he's doing well. Yeah. You I know? was getting worried about that guy. Yeah. The other three, you know, they're doing stuff. I was, you know, I was kind of worried about Cole. Yeah. He's okay though. He's doing good. Yeah, he's, Sounds he's like doing a good. Yeah, chipper. Sure. Um, yeah, this is Lace Up a Hockey Podcast. Uh, we didn't say that yet. Mm. And um, yeah, what a what a what a weird time of the year we are in, in hockey land. Yeah, it's, we're past the deadline, but we're not quite at playoff time yet. Mm-hmm. It's the mushy middle here. We it's we got to find our own stories. Do I okay? Yeah, I I don't know if I I well the stories maybe. are not the stories are not coming out in the bucket loads anymore. But you know what is coming out in bucket loads? Corona beers. Um, apparently, wow, people not drinking the buckies of Corona like they used to. Yeah, I mean, like I I don't know about everyone else out there, but my most of my like final couple years of university was hanging out at the outpost drinking buckets of Corona. Buckies. Wednesday, you get five Coronas in a bucket for fifteen dollars. Who's cool. who's gonna say no? Let's go for a bucket. That's unreal. Yeah, that's good. Buck a bucky. It's gonna say buck a beer, but it's not quite. Not quite. Three bucks a beer. Yeah. My yeah. girlfriend, all she has at her house is Coronas. So I drink. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. Like I think it's a great beer. I, yeah. I I like it a lot. It's real good in the summer. It's it's you know how every summer you think you find a new beer and it's like you know it's gonna no. be it's gonna be okay. I don't know about you, but I, I, I they'll come up with something and I'm like, ooh, nice. My new summer beer, and then I just drink Coronas all summer anyway. Hmm. You know, okay. it's just the classic. Like nothing wrong with it. You know, yeah, it, 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 yeah. It gets 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 you home. Gets the, the job done. The Mexicans do one great thing. In the wow. World. Okay. Yeah. Um, could you could you imagine, for walls? Could you imagine being on that like board of governors in in Corona Limited, and and the disease comes out, just like watching your yeah. stocks plummet. Yeah. They're just sitting there at the it's table, terrifying. being like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, what are we gonna we do? We didn't name it. There's nothing we can do about this. Like, we're just, we just gotta wait it out. Hopefully, we make it to the other side. You know, it's fucked. So, how many? How co- stupid do you have to be? 
How, how many Coronas do you have to drink to get coronavirus? Uh, I'd be down to find out. Ooh, join us next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> James, give me a little research project for this week. I like that. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, in, in case anyone was worried, they shouldn't be. Coronas are, are fine. They're good to go. This week's episode of Listen I mean, Podcast if sponsored you, by. If you drink enough Coronas, you'll probably feel like you have a virus the next day. That's the closest thing. Like, you could call coronavirus, like, just a hangover. Really. You know? Corona beers. Did, come get infected this, with a this, good this time. Is, who came up with the... Who, where do they find these names? SARS stood for something. You know what I mean? It, it, like, it made sense. Maybe Corona does. Does it? That's a horrible fucking abbreviation, then. Well, would you imagine saying Six the whole letters? thing? No, but, like, SARS was an abbreviation for oh, something. I, I get that. It wasn't, like, the first part so of the word. So it's, like, cranial... Yeah, they, they, cranial. It could be something. I don't. <laughs> Seems like more of a respiratory uh, infection, there, my friend. Cranial and orbitable respiratory. Um, yeah, just Ona. just you know, yeah, fucking rolls off the tongue. Yeah, this is this. There's no real way to to smoothly transition from Corona into this next topic. Well, I just like I just wanted to say though, I think that the coronavirus thing's interesting because uh, now like leagues in Switzerland are playing with no fans in the in the stands because of this. Like they they've they're not allowing pe- the public into hockey games anymore. And rightfully so. So well. <laughs> Nothing ruins the uh, ruins the fun of a hockey game like the general public. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's interesting because I saw a great tweet tonight that how great will it be when the Leafs finally win a Stanley Cup and there's no one in the stands to watch it? It's gonna be great. <laughs> the tree falls in the forest. Yeah, exactly. Did it really happen? Yeah. Imagine they don't even let the camera crews in. There's no way to prove it. This is how it's gonna happen. This is how it's going to happen. The Leafs are going to win. There's not going to be any fucking footage of it. There's going to be like one guy. Game sheet? One guy with like a cell phone camera who's like working security. will just be taping it. And that'll do be the it. players celebrate in that case? Like do, do they even go through the whole That'd be fucked. process? Think about that. Yeah. Like what would, it, what, would, what would it be like? You'd be partying with no one. Just yourselves. That'd be it. It'd be like it'd be worse than winning a hockey tournament. At least like. Your parents are there, your, your fucking high school girlfriends at the game or something, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Like, at least Did there's they people there. Any, like, any games from, like, from SARS? No. Because the, the death percentage for SARS is, is way higher. Yeah. So, like, we're not even close SARS, to it, right? SARS like, was, I mean, I was 11, so of course I was scared. But, like, that was, like, that was a legit kind of concern no, there for, for sure. a while. Like, that for was sure. actually, like, this is not really, you know... Hasn't yeah. quite made its way there no. yet. At least not, you know, that for us that we know of anyway yet. Yeah. But, like, you know. So if they didn't if they didn't shut down the league for SARS, they, they damn well shouldn't for coronavirus. And I, I will stand by that. So you're anti-coronavirus. I'm anti-every virus, really. <laughs> not really sure there's you a know, virus that what's I What's your favorite disease? Yeah. Um, you got one of those? It's not, lupus. Real, it's not a real question. <laughs> lupus. lupus sounds like loophole. I don't know. Joffrey Lupus. Yeah. yeah, let's go with him. Yeah, his cap hit was a disease on the Leafs' uh, books after a while. There it is. There it is. Uh, Bobby fucking Ryan. Man, he's back. Cool. He's probably not. That's back, well. But... I don't know. He's actually been looking good since uh, he played a game. Since then. Since yeah, then. have they played since then? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that was that was like early last week. Um, Saturday night, wasn't it? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I don't know. I love it. I think it's I think it's great. I've always liked Bobby Ryan. I'm very happy for him. I think it's a really cool story. And uh, yeah, he's he's playing good hockey. So I've, I've never liked him. I don't have anything okay. against him. But yeah, I think he seems like a good a, dude. I've always cool rooted story. for him. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. Like I I I always hate kind of having the discussion about the Masterton because it's kind of hard to compare tragedies, grievances, and stuff. You know, but like. He he wins the Masterton, I think now, right? Am I missing someone? That, that that's one of the cooler that's stories question. in the last few years, I that's think, really man. Like question. that's that you know, like it, it's since Boyle coming back, I think, man. Like it's that's one of the that's the coolest thing in the last few years I can remember. I I, I can't remember feeling so good for a guy in a, in quite a long time. Like like I was nearly in tears watching it. I I, I felt great for him. It's it's awesome. Is David Ayres available for the like? Can he, can he win the Masterton? Can he be eligible? Can that be? Is that a guy? Will he get some votes? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's probably Bobby Ryan. Ayres. I think it kind of depends on what he does, though. Like, if he blows his knee out next game, you know what I mean? Like, does he have the body of work? Maybe he's a next year kind of guy. See, but that like that's the thing. Like, it's not so much a performance based award, and that like that was no, the argument you people have were having you online. Have to, you have to play. You know I mean, I mean? He's playing. He's played three games. He, yeah, he's I'm, played twenty I'm saying, this year. I'm saying if he, he blows his knee next next game, maybe he's a next year for the Matterton. Mm-hmm. So not not this year kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that way of thinking. But um, he might be in the running next year because you know who fought, who fought men. Honestly, I wouldn't completely count it out for him to come in and get twenty five goals next year. I'm not betting on it, but I would. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. He he looks a lot better, and he's probably a lot healthier now. I don't think the story so, holds up as well, but I I, I think Ilya Kovalchuk might might be in the conversation. For what? From a you know, performance based. Yeah, there's every every once in a while a guy will win it. No, but that's like they, you're you're arguing Ilya Kovalchuk's the comeback player of the year, which he might be. But like the Masterton is overcoming adversity, which Ilya Kovalchuk, no offense, has not really overcome any adversity over the last year. At least that I know of. It's it's not just limited to that, though. Say it's, that, but... it's it's you know, uh, dedication to the sport, and there there's more to the description yeah. of the trophy than overcoming something. You can certainly Ilya Kovalchuk can... has been just as dedicated as pretty much everyone in the NHL, though. Well, like that's a th- I don't think he's really he isn't I don't know he's, there's nothing overly impressive about what's happened with him this year. I don't think. I, I would he's disagree. a good player who wasn't given a chance. And has now been given more of a chance. That's pretty much all it is. The LA yeah. Kings didn't give him any opportunity to succeed this year, or last year, or the year before. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know. Maybe. I, I, I'm again. I'm not saying over Bobby Ryan, but I think he would be like the Caps or Habs finalist, depending on. Uh, no, yeah. I I don't know. The 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 Habs definitely have a few guys I would put ahead of of Kovalchuk for sure. No one really comes to mind on the Caps, but I haven't given this a ton of thought. Fair. The Habs, though, like, I, I, again, Shea Weber was not really supposed to ever play again, and he did play well, quite a good chunk of the year. According to Kiprios. No, but, like, before that, like, before this year, oh, like, he was never I supposed see. to come back the I first see. time, yeah. and he's back, and now yeah. he's not, but, yeah, well. <laughs> well, I guess, I don't know, I guess he's playing now, but, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm fine with Bobby Ryan winning it, I guess. I think it's great. No, I'm just I'm just saying, I, like, yeah, no matter what, it doesn't take away from what he's done. No. It's, it's an incredible accomplishment um, to even just be, a, like, what is now, what, I think 105 days sober now? Like, that's great. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I'm... I'm really happy for the guy who was clearly struggling, and we talked about this a few months ago. Is you know you never want to see anyone going through dark times like that. But Bobby Ryan is a guy who I, you know, I think a lot of people really like. I think he's a really well liked guy, a, a professional, and um, I'm glad that he's going to get the most out of his time in the NHL and his time away from the NHL that he wouldn't ordinarily have gotten. That now he's given himself another opportunity to get i think it's great i'm very happy for him yeah well and, you know it's it's never easy playing in ottawa either so um there it is fuck i'm looking at this breakdown here this is just a just a gong show of injuries uh let's, yeah well you let's know we, we don't uh, you know uh we can make light of some of this <laughs> gonna have to we're gonna lose some viewers if, if we don't well you know um josh anderson uh, he's out for four to six months, um, and yeah, I, I didn't really hear about this one. Like, I know it was going to be, I'm hurt, I'm going to miss this much time, and then the Blue Jackets come out and they say, well, no, it's actually going to be yeah. like five times longer or whatever. And Yeah, k- kind of. Like, basically what happened here was, you know, Anderson gets hurt on, uh, I want to say it was December 14th. And um, the Blue Jackets evaluated him, the medical staff evaluated him, and basically said that he has two options. He can have the surgery or he can not have the surgery. If he has the surgery, he could be out until the playoffs or, you know, into the playoffs. Um, If he doesn't have the surgery, he can probably play through it in about three or four weeks, but it's going to be painful and, you know, he's going to need to still do some rehabilitation. They were hoping the rehabilitation was going to help bring enough strength back to the shoulder that he could at least kind of deal with it. And maybe best case scenario, he would be actually, you know, it, it would actually rehab itself. Uh, didn't didn't happen. And uh, Josh Anderson, uh, yeah, basically, like, here's the problem is, is, you know, if the team tells the player that he needs to have the surgery... At the end of the day, they can tell him he needs to have the surgery or he can't play. Right? Like, they can shut him down. And they chose not to do that. Josh Anderson is A, a hockey player, and B, is the type of hockey player that, uh, unless you physically hold him off the ice, he is going to fucking play until he cannot skate anymore. So... Yeah, like if they give the option to Josh Anderson, he's going to take it because so does every other pro hockey player. Everyone's playing through injuries. None of them think that it's a good idea for them to sit out. They all think that, you know what I mean, they're helping the team. They need to help the team. It's a stupid part of hockey culture, but it's reality, right? And so he chooses to play through it, and the Blue Jackets at the time should have just shut him down, and they did not. And now it got to this point where Anderson just couldn't get back in, couldn't get back into the lineup, and now his season's shot. And from what I believe it was Chris Johnston reported was um, that Josh Anderson's kind of annoyed because it just it doesn't sound like the Blue Jackets were maybe super straight up with him. 
about what he was actually dealing with. And now it's a season lost for a situation that they completely fucking mishandled. Uh, and should have told him to have the surgery and should have gone that road and they, they didn't. And this has been abundantly clear for weeks that it was kind of headed in this direction. Now he's out. Now he's going to get the surgery. And the issue is that he's probably uh, going to request to be moved from the organization. And if he doesn't, he's likely going to have to play in Europe next year. So it's quite a messy situation for what sounds like a completely mishandled situation by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, that that is really like when you look at where Columbus is and and kind of the way their season's going, it's you know, they've they already kinda of went into the year shorthanded in terms of who they had up front. They've been, you know, decimated by injuries. Uh, Anderson, obviously, a big part of that team last year. Twenty-seven goals. Like, you, it's hard to replace that in any market, let alone Columbus, where this is one. This is one of your guys. Like, this is this. You you can make the argument going into this season that like Josh Anderson. That's that's your first. That's your superstar first line guy. And it, it's a really tricky situation because like I, I look at it in that light where a team considers Josh Anderson to be you know, their their version of, of their go-to number one player. And to mismanage handling that to the point where it might cost you the postseason. Like, n- never mind, like, losing in the postseason. Like, just not making the postseason. Um, it really, really confuses me as to why a team would well, take that route. And I, But I guess to your point, though, like, and I'm not defending the Blue Jackets because I don't necessarily agree with exactly where this conversation's going but like i guess their thought was at least three to four weeks rehabbing it at least gives them the chance of getting him back you know or a much better chance at getting him back because i guess they were confident that the rehab was going to help the injury at which point it clearly did not um but it like it's generally speaking like i don't i'm not a doctor but usually when the you might need surgery line comes up you'd probably need surgery. And he doesn't end up getting the surgery. So I think that it was it was their plan that hopefully by this time he would be back. Or, well, long ago he would be back. And that would be their insurance that he would help them make the playoffs. And in doing so, they actually screwed themselves out of definitely getting him back this year. And potentially ever getting him back as a player for them. Yeah. yeah well. And I mean, even if he comes back and plays for the Blue Jackets next year, say they smooth everything over, there's a really good chance that, you know, this sets him back so far that maybe he's not the same Josh Anderson that left. Maybe he's 85% of himself or, or worse, you know, because we've seen these hard-nosed players have this happen. Like, this is, you know, we're on year, year five of hopefully Wayne Simmons will come back. And it's like, no, he's gone. It's gone. Just let it go. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's really tough to see how this could work out in a way that we have both sides coming back to the table next September. And, I don't see and, how. And working it out. This was a guy that we were already discussing coming into the year might be, you know, a, tr- a trade option for them. Like, they were already talking about that this might be a guy that they're going to try to trade this year. Yeah. And then everything went horribly fucking wrong and then the trade rumors never went away because it's like well this guy played 20 something games and only scored one goal and it's like 
you know, maybe you should trade him. And now it's just an absolute mess of a situation from from what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, the 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 good thing I guess is that Josh Anderson now has a definitive timeline. He knows exactly how long he's out, when he can come back. Well, he can and, just worry about himself yeah, now because exactly. now it's it's at a you know it's at a point where his career somewhat hangs in the balance now. Maybe you know so. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, uh, for the second year in a row, uh, TSN's number one guy on the trade board, a winger for the Rangers, uh, has broken his foot. Uh, the first game after the deadline uh, last year, Matt Zuccarello obviously doing so uh, in Dallas, uh, but this time around it was Chris Kreider, and uh, he is gonna miss the next uh, what is it three to four weeks or so? I believe I saw somewhere here three to four weeks. Wasn't um, our, our Temi Panarin number one on the trade bait list last year? Uh, or probably. Mar- or Mark Stone, you would think. I, I don't have it in front. I don't think, no, there was no way Mark Stone. I remember I remember going into the deadline last year. But it couldn't be over Zuccarello. Like, Zuccarello wouldn't be over, over Stone. Yeah, no, because that was the thing last year, was that no one thought that Stone was moving that day. Like, it was, okay. they didn't move him by that point. It was, okay, we'll trade him in the offseason kind sure. of thing. Um. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. It was more of a, a segue piece than a, a hard fact, if you I will. Uh, yeah, Chris Kreider blocked a shot against uh, Philip Myers of the Philadelphia Flyers um, in the second period. Um, but big blow. I mean, I don't really know if I pegged the Rangers as you know a, a, a serious threat to get back in the race here. But um, if they were, I have to assume it's almost all but over at this point uh Kreider again this is like him and Josh Anderson very similar players very similar in the way that they help their team very similar in the way that they play the game um this is one of their top line guys and it's really hard this time of year um and yeah as we're gonna find out uh, every team goes through injuries but uh yeah it's just you know some some go through more important ones and uh, than others. There's a reason we're not talking about the you know fourth line guy on the Nashville Predators right now who's going to be out the next week. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, yeah, Chris Kreider uh, out for like I said three to four weeks. Um, can they get through this? Do you, do you, I, like they're they're four points out of a wild card spot. I don't know. What do, what do you think? I, I don't. I don't think this is uh, looking looking good in terms of uh, them making a push here. Yeah, I mean, like the, the big thing for me is that I like I've talked before, and I'm not as big a um, believer on you know the idea that an injury completely sucks a team out of a race, and you know what I mean. Like one injury should, in theory, just be one spot in your lineup, and if most teams, generally speaking, are operating as a team, with the exception of like maybe a team from Alberta in the West. Uh, you know, you can't lose one guy and expect it to really suck you out of it. But Chris Kreider is, you know, bordering on a guy where I would say that that's almost too big of a loss for a team to overcome. Now that said, I'm I'm not quite going that far. Still, like I still think this is. Um, it's a big loss, but the team has a lot of 
other good parts. The team has has done a lot of good things, and I mean, you know, you 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 make mention that you're not too sure if they're uh, if they're going to get back in or not. Like you know, they have been uh, one of the best teams since New Year's, so I would have to think that there's enough good team in them right now that they can kind of push through it. But it, it is bordering on too big of a loss. Like I will say that. Um, you know, I was watching them against the Flyers the other night when the injury actually happened, and um, you know they 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 have a lot of things about their game that I like, but the issue was that once the Flyers kind of got that momentum, you know the Rangers sort of went away, and uh, the same sort of thing happened on Sunday when they played the Flyers again was. You know, it was an okay game for a little bit, and then they just absolutely hung Lundquist, of all guys, out to dry. And, you know, I, I, I do sort of wonder about them without Kreider. Like, I just, I kind of think that they let themselves sort of get pushed around a little bit more. And um, he's clearly a leader for them, right? Like, that's the, that's the thing, right? Um, he's been there a lot longer than basically everyone else other than Lundquist, so... You know, it's 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 kind of his room and it's kind of his team and, um, yeah, it's it's easy to understand how I think a loss like that might shoot a team in the foot, like the Rangers, who, um, I think are there's still a lot of question marks about them. Yeah, well, and the other thing on the flip side here too is, like we talked about, like this was a guy that was pegged as a trade option. They chose to hang on to him. Now they have to kind of play as though they had traded him, except they don't have anything coming back the other way to help them out. So, yeah, uh, a really tough situation there. Like, the, I think the biggest problem with the Rangers, you talked like they've been playing really, really well. I'll, I, I agree with you there. Uh, they've they just it's the number of teams to pass, and you know, like yeah. Well, the, the race itself isn't all that practical. The, the thing is, though, and this is why I don't tend to look at the standings too, too much until right about now, is at the end of the day, if you're if you're a good team, you should find a way to play good hockey. That mm-hmm. That's always my thought, right? And, um, you know, like you'll, people talk about the standings in December, and like, I, I don't really give a shit. Like, if there's a team not in the playoffs right now that I think is going to end up, you know what I mean, playing good enough hockey for over the next 41 games and they're not too far out of a playoff spot, then they'll then they're going to be fine. You know, that it's a rare occasion where a good team misses the playoffs because they were so bad at the beginning of the year. Usually you you make up that ground in the second half if you're good enough. It's not always easy, but generally speaking it happens. The right 16 teams make the playoffs every year, I would say. And so you know, if that's going to happen for the Rangers or not, I, I I don't know. That the key to them is just not to fall too far behind for now, and and hopefully they can find a way to function without Kreider. The good news I would say for the Rangers, since uh, since New Year's Day, their power play is operating at thirty two percent, which you know I don't think they're going to sustain a thirty two percent margin over the next month and a bit. But if they can come anywhere close to that and keep that power play crunching, then it might keep them in some games that they ordinarily shouldn't be in. Um, I like the Rangers. I, I, I'm i pretty sure I took them as a playoff team coming into the year. They were kind of one of my bold predictions of a team that was going to come around, and I still sort of have some faith in the team, but um, Kreider breaking his foot was not something I had on my beginning-of-the-year predictions bingo. Yeah, so, and to that point, he's second on the team in power play goals. Uh, 
uh, up there behind Zubin and Jed. So yeah, he parks and, that fat, he does. fat ass of his. He does it well. Have you, like, a, I'm, like everyone at home, I'm, I'm sure, if you're a hockey fan, has seen the video of Chris Kreider jumping out of the pool using nothing but his legs. Like, just pure force jumping out of it. Like, I didn't know that was really even that possible. Um, he's a force. So, you know. Big unit. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a big loss, for sure. Uh, speaking of big losses, uh, Captain Steven Stamkos out the next six to eight Yeesh. weeks for the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in what they're calling a core muscle injury. So he has a hernia. Um, <laughs> a surgical procedure uh, was done uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I got a... I got a hard time thinking this is a six to eight window and not, and not just yeah he's back in time for the playoffs type of window. We saw we saw Stephen uh, Sidney Crosby with something similar earlier in the year out a little longer than than what the Lightning are projecting, and I think it all comes down to how effective is he going to be uh, when he does come back because you know you're you're hoping that you know everything goes right and your recovery is good and, and you know you can rehab your body back into shape because this type of surgery this type of injury, you can't do much. Like, you can't even go out there and skate. Like, you know, most guys, though, they break their wrist or, or something, though, well, they can go out and skate. Oh, you break your leg, well, at least you can go back out there and you can lift the weights and you can do all... This This is shutting you down. You are you really can't do much um, with this type of injury. And to sit for that long, not only does it hurt your body, I think it I think it weighs heavily on your mind as well. Like that, that's it's going to maybe a bit mental test for Steven Stamkos to come back from as well. Not, not that I'm second guessing that opinion, but I will say that there are few people in the league that know more about um, coming back from injuries, Definitely. serious ones, Definitely. than Steven Stamkos, oh. which is good news because yeah. as much as I'm not rooting for the Lightning, I am a big Steven Stamkos fan, and part of it is because he's gone through so much shit. And he is a guy who I consider to be toward, if not at the very top of my list of guys I want to see win a cup at this point. And I, you know what I mean? I know we did that list, but as 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 things are going on, I just, I think about it more and more and I would really like to see him win a cup. I'm not really cheering for that team, but I am cheering for him. Yeah. And um, this is tough and it's, it's he, I really don't want him to go down as a guy who by the end of his career misses out on so many accolades because he got hurt at the wrong time because he shouldn't be remembered as a guy who couldn't stay healthy. He's just legit had a freak injury after freak injury. Like it's not like this guy is a bandaid. Not that I you know necessarily believe in that either, but you know, he's had a lot of bad luck is, is my point. And yeah, he's had um, a, a titanium rod inserted in 2014 for a broken leg, a uh, an upper rib, removed uh, because of a blood clot near his collarbone in 2016. Uh, uh, 2016, uh, earlier that season, he also had uh, surgery to repair a tear in the meniscus of his right knee. Uh, Thing after thing with this guy, and and now he's going to miss six to eight weeks with what I'm calling a a hernia. They they say core muscle. Mm. Um, I think that's kind of black and white. Sure. um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like this, 
the last time he missed a, a chunk of time, you know, the, the Lightning missed the playoffs. Now they they banked enough points. They're they're fine. They're in it. They're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and I, and I will note this too. Uh, they have the second easiest schedule of any team remaining. Um, you know, they do play the Devils. They play the Red Wings twice. They play the Senators. Their last three games are the Senators, the Blue Jackets, and um, the Red Wings, and even the two games before that, the Blue Jackets and the Rangers. Hmm. So there's a good chance that their last like meaningful game is on March 25th against the Leafs and they don't have a lot to worry about until then either so right you know yeah well I guess that's the good news for Lightning fans because you've, you've built that and, and, and at this point you've got more than just Stamkos where I think yes. a, few, a few years ago yeah. it was it was Stamkos well and I mean we, we just came from talking about the Rangers right where losing who I perceive as nothing more than a second line winger at best is, you know, maybe going to kill them. Whereas, you know, the the Lightning lose one of the ten best fucking forwards in the sport. And it's like, yeah, they, they won't miss him. <laughs> no. Like, what? <laughs> um, can he be a factor in the playoffs? I hope so. But it's hard to say. I mean, you're, you're right. Like, that is a bit of a tricky injury. Because especially if it is a hernia, like... You know that, that that's part of me why I, like I agree with you core muscle like I would think hernia yeah but hernia like hernia would be more like instead of like six to eight I'd be thinking more like two really? week two weeks to six months yeah you know like it's hernias can suck so I don't know like that's it's it's hard to say mm-hmm. hopefully he heals and hopefully he can be a factor but. That is something that I do sort of wonder if that that would catch up with the Lightning come the playoffs. Like, we talk about the regular season, and, you know, right now they're not really going to miss them because, quite honestly, they're not playing meaningful hockey. But without your captain, without having to play a meaningful game again, like, does it set the table for another collapse in the playoffs? Right? And and maybe I'm overthinking that. I, I don't know. But um, I, I, I don't love that I, like I don't love the long-term implications of that because if he if he's not healthy and they haven't played a, a meaningful game in two months come the playoffs you know like I don't know uh, I don't know what you do if you're the lightning after that do you just come back at it again with the same club again like probably because they're so fucking good yeah. but it's like you know like what else do you do, do you fucking trade Kucherov like how do you do that you know so right. You can move out some of the death pieces, like a, like a Tyler Johnson. It gets or, a little tricky. A, you know, like Paul Watt. You could move on from those type of guys. But they're really not the guys that are defining the team either. So, um, yeah, you're right. That's tricky. Like, if I never thought about what the Tampa Lightning might do after this year if things don't go the right way. You know, if, um, they're going to be hard-pressed to, you know, if they don't make it out of the first round, big changes, I would expect. If you go down to the second round, uh, some changes. See, that's the thing, too. Like, if they lose in the first round and they don't have Stamkos, like, part of me thinks that they do overreact and, and fire John Cooper or something like that. But, y- you know what I mean? Like, uh, like I, I just I don't know how you approach it. Right. It's it's tough. Yeah, slippery know? slope. And that's the thing, too. Like, you talk about, like, do you move out of Palat? Do you move out of Johnson? Like... I don't know, like, maybe Palat, Tyler Johnson's a guy that, you know, Danny Briere-esque, uh, if we're in the playoffs, I'd like him on the team. 
Not that he was all that great when they got swept last year, but I'd look at that as more of an anomaly because the guy is nearly a point per game player in the playoffs. So no, I think for you sure. know you know what I mean. But I I, I see what you're saying, and. Do you move out a guy like that? Like, I don't, I don't know what they would do. But here we are. We're sitting here talking, speculating that they're going to lose here in the first round. Like, there's a really good chance to just fucking cakewalk everybody and win the Stanley Cup this year. But, awesome um, but yeah, no, I, I am. I, I don't think this Stamkos injury looks great for the Lightning. Yeah. But we'll see because it's another test uh, to see if they're resilient or not. But this, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see how they do team that in most likelihood will be playing said Lightning in the first round of the playoffs. The Toronto Maple Leafs will be out Jake Muzzin for the next couple weeks. Yeah. I think this had four originally. This is a team already without uh, Morgan Riley and yeah. Cody Cece, who at this point is starting to <laughs> starting to look good uh, <laughs> in terms of getting him back. Um, but uh, yeah, I still don't agree. But <laughs> Well... Um, uh, you know, I, I, the part that worries me about this was seeing today that Sheldon Keefe confirmed that they're, it seems like Cody Cece and Morgan Riley will be back next week and Cece. Okay. Cause they kind of, you know, they didn't really specify how long it would be, but you kind of figured about this amount of time and Morgan Riley was kind of not supposed to play again for a while. And now all of a sudden he is uh, progressing well. And it's just, I hope he's actually progressing well and that he's not, you know, needed for them to hold down a playoff spot because, like, I don't know that he is needed right now. Like, I don't, they're doing fine without him. And I got to be honest with you, before he got hurt, they were doing okay in spite of him. So, if he's going to come back and be what he was, I'd rather him sit out. He wasn't very good before he got hurt, or before they actually confirmed that, you know, he was already hurt, Was is my thought. But, yeah. yeah. The, the, the thing that makes me think that he is actually closing in on being 100% healthy um, was just kind of the, the attitude today. Like, like Rasmus Sandin is not going to play uh, tonight against the Sharks. Like, you don't sit that guy down if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for defensemen. Um, you know, we saw them dress seven guys the other night. I think that was more to just kind of take a look at what you had in Callie Rosen without really leaving yourself, you know, too shorthanded. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so if, if, you're, if you're confident enough to sit down what at this point is probably your second or third best defenseman in the lineup, then... In Sandine? Yeah. Okay. Then, you know, you can't tell me that you're too worried about getting reinforcements back if you're, you know, willingly putting a guy in the press box. Yeah, I mean, I I think part of it would be that I don't think he's been one of the second or third best defensemen, but... Currently, um, like, in... With who they're missing. Yeah, I don't think he has been, but... um, I, I do know a lot, like, and I'm I, I'm sure you saw this, is that part of this has to do with if he plays under 40 games, it helps them for his UFA status in the future, right? Sure. So, I think their thought is, they're playing the Sharks, conceivably that should be a winnable game. So, you know what I mean? Like, sit him out, they're sitting Anderson out, 
which I think is, is the right call on, on both parts of it because I don't think Rasmus Sandin or Frederick Anderson are a big loss right now. I would argue Campbell is about equal or better than Anderson as of the last six weeks. And Sandin, yeah, is definitely better than, you know, some of the six that are going to play tonight against San Jose. Um, but I don't think the separation is as strong as I might have thought it was like a, about a month ago. Sure. Um, but you know, I'm, and I'm not like, knocking him. I'm just saying yeah. I don't, really don't think he's been that incredible. He's been okay. Right. But you you can like that's that's kind of my point though is that yes there there are contract implications involved here but those three games can come when the defense is healthy like you know what I mean like when CC and Riley are back someone has to come out so that yeah. makes sense to take them out then it, you know, I, you're, you're I, playing Detroit on the second last day of the season the, I think it's just more that they don't know I think he's not been as good over the last few weeks and I think it's just more so you know. Maybe we will need him. Maybe we won't need him come that time. And I think I think all they I I'm just as comfortable with the six that they're gonna run than than him in the lineup right now. Because I think those bottom three guys are kind of a wild card right now with Marinchin, Lilligren, and Sandine. And I'd quite honestly rather have Marinchin in over the other two right now because hmm. they've just kind of made me nervous. And so does Marinchin, but for reasons that I'm less concerned about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, possibly. Like, yeah, like he can't make a breakout pass. I understand that. He's real bad at it. He's it's arguably the only thing he does worse than Cody Cece. He can, he can um, play the breakaway, but he can't play the breakout. But but well, that's but that's just my thing, right? Is like he does so many other things much fucking better than Cody Cece does. So it's like I, I I'm okay with him generally speaking, and I I you know I've never really been an anti Martin Marincin guy. What is this eight minutes? We haven't mentioned Jake Muzzin. <laughs> Yeah, like they're missing Muzzin. It sucks. It's not. It's a big loss. He's been far and away the best defenseman on the roster this season, and this is the second major injury he's had this year. So it, you know, again, it goes back to it, and I, I've mentioned this time and time again. I'm not a big believer in the injuries will kill you thing, and you've mentioned it on the podcast before that you think the injuries have kind of shot the Leafs in the foot, and I kind of said, well, you know, we'll we'll see. We are kind of getting to that point though, where I'm starting to kind of buy your argument and just be like yeah this is really starting to add up like it's been every single part of the year the depth has been taxed with having to play major minutes and after a certain point it, it starts to kill you like I think they've lost the second most uh, man games in the NHL to injury this year yeah the Pittsburgh it's a lot and yeah, yeah and, and, that, and that's why I'm talking like when I talk about Pittsburgh is that you know I look at them as granted I gave them the kiss of death last week by telling them that they would win the Stanley Cup because they haven't won a single fucking game since then but you know they've done such a good job through injuries Uh, Mike Sullivan's done such a good job with just you know managing his depth and managing his bench and it's honestly is astonishing to watch I think it's incredible I still think he's the coach of the year far and away Um, but this is another reason why I'm starting to be a little bit more like impressed with the Leafs, and I've been a little bit less panicked as everyone else recently. Is I can kind of see it now. I see, you know, the fact that some fucking nights Martin Marincin has to play like 24 minutes, and ha- ha- four years ago I would have thought that would have been a good thing. Uh, however, uh, Martin Marincin got hurt three years ago, and for some reason has not recovered. So, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm I'm starting to get it, and. Um, 
yeah, Muzzin's a huge loss for the Leafs because we're talking about a guy who um, I said when they acquired him, and I stand by it, he is a, he is a top 30 defenseman in the NHL. He's a number one defenseman to me. Yeah. And um, it's a huge loss for them, but hopefully they can push through it. I mean, they're going to need to. You know, they don't really have another option right now, and um, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about it, though. I can kind of see the Leafs trying to find the balance right now between the six guys that they've got. And, you know, I, I think I, I think CC gives you a, a little bit more certainty than maybe a Lilligren does on the right side. Um, but I'd almost... Ideally, what happens is your top four just plays more minutes. And I'd rather Lilligren out there for 10 than CC out there for anything more than 10. But if it's got a... You know what I mean? Like, if it's... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends who they're playing. I, I just... I, I haven't liked very much of what I've seen from Cody CC at all this year. Right. I don't really yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, it's... I, I was gonna... I was gonna go through, like, the the rapid fire of, of, of guys that have been hurt for the Leafs this year. It's, it's too long. Go, no, um, go ahead. Do it. No? Okay. Let's let's do it. Because um, I'll probably forget about some of it. Andreas Janssen, leg injury back into uh, October. I don't have a length of how much time they missed, but these were reported to the NHL as, as time missed. Uh, Andreas, Andreas Janssen with a leg injury in October. Morgan Riley and the There is um. There is a website. Oh. Sorry to cut you off, but I know... Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up right here. There's a website that keeps track of injuries. Oh. <laughs> Which website is that? Uh, it's called NHLinjuryviz.blogspot.com, but it is like an, like it is like a guy that actually does a pretty good job. Um, yeah, so I actually have the Leafs injury listings right here. Uh, Zach Hyman, 19 games. Andreas Janssen, 7 games for a knee injury, and then 15 games for a leg injury. And counting, I suppose. Alex Kerfoot, 3 games for uh, a facial injury. Mitch Marner missed 11 games with an ankle injury. Ilya Mikhaev, 26 and counting. Um, Trevor Moore, when he was there, 15 for a concussion, 13 for a shoulder. Uh, William Nylander missed two games because he was sick. John Tavares uh, missed seven games because he broke his finger, which I don't think healed correctly. Um, David Clarkson and Nathan Horton have missed 65 games and counting, but I wouldn't uh, get too worried about that right now. Um, Cody Ceci, 11 games um, and counting. Travis Dermott, one game because he was sick, but he also missed 13 games because of his shoulder surgery. Ten games for Jake Muzzin because he broke his foot, and one and counting because he broke his hand. Morgan Riley, 19 games because he hurt his foot in what was probably October and then played on it for three months. And uh, Frederick Anderson officially missed four games because of a neck injury, although um, there is speculation that he is still currently hurt. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, it's absolutely wild. Like... You're right. Every team, like every every team's gonna have them. Every team's gonna feel it. But yeah, it's just some point. And that's gotta... the thing. Like they 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 haven't had more than I think two guys out at at, at any given time. There might have been one game when Keith took over, and I think Janssen came back. Where I think like maybe only Trevor Moore was out. You know, but other than that, like there's been minimum two guys out with an injury like at any given point of the year. Yeah, and three currently. But yeah, yeah. Um. 
just a revolving door, though. Like, I, I don't know if this team has been healthy at any point. Like, you start the year with a couple guys on IR. The, the, the only guy that you can definitively say, well, two probably, that have been healthy all year are Matthews and Nylander, it seems like. Nylander got got the flu for a couple hours there, but, right. you know. Uh, Tyson Berry hasn't missed a game either. Um, yeah. Uh, Kapanen got scratched kind of thing. So... Yeah, I, th- I think Kapanen's been okay. Yeah. Um, Justin Hall, actually, has been quite resilient all season. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like, it's... it's. But that's the thing, right? Like, it's, you know... And, and, and you look at the Penguins, too. Like, their their list of guys that have been healthy all year is just hilarious. It's just Mark Donk six times. True. So, that's, and that's the difference, right? Is We're talking about every team goes through injuries, but I don't think any team is experiencing the, the detriment to their lineup like this team is. Like, you're missing your best defenseman. There's only a handful you could argue maybe. And you're missing your second best defenseman. And you've missed your captain and your goalie. Like, you've missed every key member of this team has missed time this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Say from Austin Matthews. But um, Jake Muzzin, huge blow. Uh, Surprisingly, they're doing quite well without him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sweep through Florida. uh, And uh, and a win against Vancouver on Saturday night. I I think a lot of those guys have stepped up. I've been very impressed. Um, I, I'm very happy to say this over the last week with Travis Dermott. I think has been great. And uh, that's always a positive sign when you have a younger guy that you can play up and give the number one role to and he actually thrives in it. I think he's been great. He's simplified his game. He's not making any mistakes out there right now. He's he's looked fantastic. Um, which is a good sign. Maybe. If they can sign him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's it's a big loss for them, and I, I don't, uh, it's just another, again, piece of adversity that, you know, this team needs to find a way to fight through because, um, you know, they've had nothing but adversity, and it doesn't look like it's going to stop this year. Right. they got to fight through it. One, and, one and every good team does. Every yeah. team that wins a cup has some story. You know, it's never a fucking fairy tale. So One thing that I do like um, about the way this team has played is, you know, like they're, they're leading the league in goals. You know, they're right up at the number one spot. Um, the goals against has obviously been the story of the season. Um, but to your point, these guys stepping up in, in you know, the absence of Riley and Muzzin and Cece, um hmm. just shows that I, I think come playoff time, you're going to have guys battling to be in the lineup as opposed to, you know, no, Jake and Morgan are healthy now, but uh, oh, hey, by the way, you know Justin Hall played 27 minutes down the stretch to get us here. Sorry, J- uh, you know, sorry, Jake and Mo, like you're not gonna get as much ice time tonight because these other guys have proven that they can kind of carry the load, and you know what I mean. That, I think that's that's a benefit for any team uh, if you can go into a the postseason and say to yourself like we got eight guys back there that can play remember chicago a few years ago you know they had three defensemen and they you know all played like 30 minutes a night and won the playoffs Mm -hmm. which is fantastic for chicago but it's an unrealistic way to win a championship eventually you know nine times out of ten you're gonna run out of gas and or one of those guys gets hurt or you know something else happens that that you know kind of shuttles the postseason for you but it's the teams that go into it and we saw it with Pittsburgh a few years ago where you know they they didn't have Chris Letang he was injured and they just had seven 
eight guys that, you know, night in and night out, whoever looked good last game, you're playing. You didn't look good last game, well, you're coming out. Yeah, and you need that reliance on the guys above them in the lineup, right? Because, like, they still got to work like clockwork. Uh, that sixth guy can't be stepping in and having to be, like, the third or fourth guy every fucking, you know, two two out of every three periods or something like that. You know, like, that can't happen. You need, you know, when Latang's healthy to be Latang. If he falls mm-hmm. out, then, you know, you need everyone else to be themselves, and you can't be relying on you can't have be having inconsistency and that has been the issue with a lot of these Leafs defensemen is they'll go through spurts and we talked about this last show you know so does every great player you know it's not to say that you're not allowed to have a bad game but if you're stringing together two three bad weeks then then that's a problem because two three bad weeks in the playoffs is a playoff series so yeah you know it can't be happening no exactly the Leafs since Keith took over fourth and expected goals um which uh, Carlo Koliakovo said that he is not a big fan of expected goals, but uh, the irony is that if Carlo Koliakovo believed in expected goals and more people did, he'd probably still be in the NHL. So, debatable. You know, um, real good expected goals player. Real really bad good. player. Uh, you think so? I don't uh, agree at all. Yeah. Okay. Not a lot of time for Carlo uh, on or off the ice. The GMs met in. What do they meet? Bala, Baja. Mexico. Boca Raton. Is that where they meet? I don't mm-hmm. know. Somewhere south and sunny and full of golf courses with lots of lots of coronas on hand to to keep the the balls flying in the air and the and the discussions heated in the boardrooms. Um, uh, but one discussion that wasn't all that heated was the discussion of the emergency backup goaltender, which uh, somewhat unsurprisingly made the docket. Uh, this weekend, now I, I can't remember if we talked about this last week. It was the it was the trade deadline episode. We had a, we had a thousand things going on at once. Did we talk about how how weird it is like that people were freaking out about this being a a Toronto Maple Leafs issue more so than a an emergency backup goalie issue? Well, did we discuss that or not? I, I don't, no, I don't. I don't, I don't think we did. I I do a little bit by. That I don't know if this gets talked about quite as much if it happens to like the Arizona Coyotes. I do think there is a little bit to it. Regardless, am I the only one who's thought that the fact that we can just let a Zamboni driver play in the middle of an NHL game is a fucking insane concept? And that the rule actually hasn't always been that way? I don't, like, I don't really have as much problem with it it's, being the it's Zamboni really, driver. Well, just, I, it's weird that just anyone, all of a sudden in the middle of the game, like we have all these fucking salary cap rules, but also like you can also just dress anyone if there's enough injuries. Like it's just a bizarre sort of thing. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what is so difficult about perhaps like looking into expanding the roster size and forcing teams to carry three goalies. Well, I don't like, think that works. You know? I don't think that's a perfect system either. Um, my my issue with the whole emergency goalie thing is is more to the fact that this guy worked for the team that he was playing against. So there's the, the potential there that the guy throws the game because the Leafs are the the ones paying his you know salary at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not that's not to say that the evil Maple Leafs would fire the guy for uh, beating them, which I, I don't think they did, but. I think that's where the, the problem kind of stems, at least in my mind, that you can't have these employees going out there and 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 playing hockey against the t- the team they work for. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't see how a third goalie on the roster really works. I can't see the NHLPA signing off on it. You're effectively going to have a guy sitting there not playing hockey, like all season, barring injury. Um, so, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, like the rule has been, it's been open. Any team can carry three goalies at any given time, but none of them do mm-hmm. because they don't really have a need to do to do so. Yeah, you know. You know, I, I think the the better option is to kind of have a maybe a, a core group of guys that are paid by the league, or uh, some other. You know, maybe the the each individual team's payroll department, as as aside from the salary cap, and just have some sort of group of guys that are there. They're training. They're you know playing hockey at a certain level, and they can kind of go in. At a moment's notice, have, have a guy that covers like the Red Wings, Sabres, and Leafs area, or a couple guys in in the region. And you have these regional goaltenders that the league pays twenty thousand dollars a year to have on standby uh, in the arenas, because I think that at least that way there there isn't the subjectivity of you know is the third string goalie gonna gonna play this year or is he just riding the the, the press box all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, the issue doesn't come up all that often. I understand that. But it's just, like, I I, I, I really didn't get everyone saying that this is, like, good for the sport. How, how is this good? What What is good about that? Like, the, the fact that we, on on Hockey Night in I, Canada, yeah. your, your biggest team just proved that literally anyone can do this job is kind of how that made it look. To a, to a casual, you know what I mean, uh, outsider of the sport. Like they don't know any different. Like it just, they, it just looks easy, yeah. and, and and that's that's ridiculous to me. I, like the, I think the fact if, that I think if someone can believe that though, you're you have to be incredibly naive. I I don't I don't know. I thought I thought this was like a, a really bad look for the league, and I, I and it's it's a great story. Definitely happy for the dude. I think it's cool as fuck. But I like I don't understand. Like how is this good? Like what is think, good I, about? I don't that? remember anyone saying it was good for the league. I, I remember it looked. Oh, everyone! Everyone was saying this is great exposure for the league. This is such a cool story. Like like how could you know? Oh, it's this a cool is, story. This is and proving it was, it was, everyone's great... like idea that you could be sitting in the stands and 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 you know what I mean? This dream come true. And to me, like I'm like this is fucking horrible. It's horrible. Like this guy. This is this is a terrible fucking look for the league. I don't understand how putting amateurs in on primetime for half a game and them actually being able to record an NHL win is, is good for the league. That That's not, how's that good? It's terrible. And, it, and yeah. it, all it does is just prove to a certain extent that goaltenders are not as important as we used to make them out to be. And here goes further into the whole, you know, there's never going to be such a thing as a fucking full-time starting goalie anymore. Like, everyone's just going to share the job with maybe three guys moving forward. And, and you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's going to end up being like a fucking pitching rotation eventually. Like, you know, if, if that's, if a team can build themselves that way. I don't know. It just, it opens itself up to a lot of slippery slopes to me. And I don't, I, I refuse to see how that this is good. It's not good. This is bad. But I also will admit that yeah, I don't I don't know that it's easily fixable. Like I'm suggesting to you three goalies. I'm not saying that I think that's a good idea necessarily either. It's just like I don't know what else to suggest. Like I, I don't know. I don't have a thought on it. I definitely think that it is an issue 
But it's not a super important issue because it doesn't happen all the time. And until this becomes a routine, I don't know that there is a need to change it. So, like, I'm okay with the NHL meeting and being like, no, we're going to keep it. And I saw that today and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, that's probably fair. Because other than two instances, this has never even come close to happening yet. So, you know, just the fact that it did one time, if this becomes a trend... And, like, three or four fucking emergency goalies get on the board next year, we got a problem. But, yeah. for now, this is, I don't know, I, I, it's, I think, I it's think something to... that I think down the line, if we can come up with a better solution, I'm all for it, you know. But what that solution is, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we're ten days after it happened for the for the GMs to get in a room and, and have a decision made, I, I don't. I don't see how that was going to be. Well, that's the other even, thing, even too, plausible. Right? You know? But and and like, that's how we end up with bad rules in the first place. Is when we overcompensate for one mistake in the past. Hence the whole fucking goal review system that we have now. Like if we're trying to throw together a solution real quick, the GMs have proven that they're not necessarily the best people to be doing that. Sure. Because these are the same people that gave Franz Nielsen $45 million and Louis Erickson $60 million. And <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Sergei Bobrovsky $70 million last summer, you know? These are the same guys. Right. <laughs> but I, I do think that there's something to be said for getting out ahead of it. You know, like it's no, right. I agree. It's, it's, it's I'm never, glad they talked about it. It's never a problem it. until it is a problem. They right? needed to talk about it for they sure. Did. They did, but I, I would, but if I they would don't have a solution, get ready. to a point where you know we have to wait for it to become a trend to then get rid of it, and then I, yeah, I, I that's know, the way like this I, league operates, right? Like, and that and that's well, the way that's the way and they do. Other it. times that they change a rule in the playoffs for offside review, and you know it happens. In like two I'm, months. I'm sitting here saying that I haven't thought about it, but that's because it's it has nothing to do with my job to come up with a fucking solution for this. But if I were one of them, I probably would have spent my entire plane ride thinking about a solution for that. Because chances are you've thought long and hard about all the other issues that are going to be coming up. You don't need a lot of... You shouldn't be preparing on the plane ride about what you think about the salary cap and shit like that. Because you should already have thoughts. It's literally every day you have to think about that. When it comes to emergency backup goalies, not something you have to think about all the time. But because you know what's going to come up at these meetings, you should... Like, nobody had an idea? Mm-hmm. Nothing even worth really, like, moving forward with? Maybe, maybe not. All yeah. I'm saying is that I, I don't I don't like that this happened. I could give a fuck that it happened against my team. Because I really didn't like it when Scott Foster did it either. I, I don't like this. I think it's bad. That fucking guy that got in for Carolina two years ago and he got in for, like, three seconds. I'm like, okay... Sure, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, who gives a shit? Rob Tallis was going to play that night. It was like, okay, maybe he didn't play. You know? But I don't really like this. I'm not, like, actively... Well, I guess I am actively rooting against it. I don't like it. Mm. Yeah. And people, you know, people were making the argument you're against fun. No, I'm against watching professional play, Or I'm for watching professional players. I'm against watching amateurs against professional players. Like watching professional players. That's the fucking point. Yeah. I, you know what, I'm I'm at the point now where, and this is never going to happen, because obviously this would have to pass some sort of... Just get rid of all pro players? No, if if, if your goalies get hurt, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Honestly, it makes makes more sense to me. 
That makes more sense to me. Put six guys in the ice, do your best. I'm not down for that either. But like, I would almost rather see that. It makes more sense, though, to me than, than, than signing a guy who an hour ago might have been slamming fucking beers in the stands. Well, probably not. But, like, you know, like, who's to fucking say? Yeah. I, I think it's batshit crazy yeah. that anyone in the, in not really, but, like, any Joe fucking blow mm-hmm. can, can play in that league. That's fucked to me. That's not the case in most other professional leagues under any circumstance. Like, I saw people comparing it to, you know, the second, like, when the second baseman has to pitch in the ninth inning. First off, that's their decision because they're resting their pitchers because they're getting blown out. That's why they're putting their second baseman on the mound. Secondly, their second baseman is, more often than not, actually, in every case, a fucking professional athlete who's probably fucking pitched before. That's the difference. Yeah. So, like, you can't compare the two. It's not the same thing. It's like fucking, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis blow their knees out. So, oh, but we found a seven foot three guy in the stands. He's going to come into the game and move around. He's wearing fucking, like, khakis and shit on the court. Like, that's it's just fucked. You don't see this shit in other sports. No. I think it's insane that ours does it. I think, you know, like, just not to go too much deeper into this, but just one thing that I had thought of and yeah. we didn't get around to it, uh, the, the three goalie thing, too... When a team carries three goalies on the roster, that, that, like they'd have to change some rules because that third guy can't just come down. It's like any other scratch up in the press. No, box. I got you. They they can't just come down and get dressed. So I've seen a lot of people that don't really understand how that works. So there, there's that would have to be reworked. But yeah, no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm kind of I'm kind of done with it. Put six guys in the ice. Move on. Shitty for you guys. You had bad luck so, that night. Okay, I know. I heard you saying that. I assume because I actually don't know the answer to this. So. um because I watched the game back after the fact. I actually didn't watch it live. So Reimer gets hurt because Reimer started, right? Yeah. Did Ayers dress immediately after Reimer got hurt and was quote-unquote leaving the game type thing? I Because I, you're, you're talking about the third goalie can't come down. So I assume the emergency backup goalie does get dressed when that first guy leaves. I think he's put on notice. Okay. Like they bring him down. No, I say, see, I see what you're saying. Gear. But could you, th- in theory, well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, you, you could in theory do that with a scratch. But the issue is that... With some of these arenas, uh, Scotiabank Arena takes you like half an hour to get from the well, fucking well, upstairs no. to downstairs. It's, it's, sometimes it's just a matter of if your if your scratch is up in the press box and you've got Morazic on the bench, you can't just decide to swap out Morazic for the scratch. Like you, if your defenseman blows his knee out, your seventh defenseman up in the press box he doesn't get to come down, put the gear on, oh, and, and go up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like. That's how the game. You'd have to kind of change the rules. Yeah, no, I I get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think that that's big. That's too big of an issue because I still think that makes way more fucking sense than what we currently do. But it does. It does. I I don't. I don't know. I've always, always thought that this is just batshit nuts that they do it that way. But it's never become a topic of conversation till now. So there's no perfect system. You know, there never will be. But I don't know. It it could be better. If this is one of my most radical thoughts about hockey, then so be it. I'm fine with it being a thing that doesn't really come up often. Yeah, that's fair. You know, next on the docket, uh, should every team have five forwards? The answer is yes. (laughs) Bolish defensive defenseman. Um, Fuck it. All right. um, So we are at, as it stands right now, uh, some teams have played 67 games at most. 
Uh, well, I guess the Red Wings are at 68, actually. Good good for you, Detroit. Yeah, you, get that season over with. Let's you go. won't really factor into <laughs> this conversation. They're going to try to petition to get all the other fucking 14 games in in the next 14 days, mail it in. I'm, I'm glad get we got... Get out of Detroit as quick as possible. I'm, I'm glad we got to mention Detroit. I feel like we haven't talked about them in a, in a while. So yeah, actually, just... should we? could we talk about this for a minute? Sure. Worst team ever, maybe. <laughs> well, no. Not even close. Well, like, aside from losing people to, like, wars and, like... Yeah, not, a team, not sorry, a team put together on purpose. That's what I'm trying to say. Because, like, expansion teams, a little different. This is a team that was put together with them being like, yeah, you know what, we, we might have a chance to compete some nights. They, they don't. <laughs> they beat Montreal four times. I think Montreal fell asleep four times. If, it's, if Montreal wins four winnable fucking games, not only are they still in the playoff race, but Detroit would have won 11 games this year so far. Hmm. Yes. Uh, real quick, can you name the teams that the Detroit Red Wings have beaten this year? You've named one in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, so Montreal accounts for four of those 15 wins. <sighs> wow. They beat Boston. Have Okay, I should ask. Have they beaten anyone other than Montreal multiple times? That is a good question. You're still uh, accumulating here? I am. Okay. Yeah, because I actually saw... The list of teams that they beat. Like, I've actually seen it. I just uh, haven't seen it, like, you know what I mean, enough enough times to actually remember this answer. Okay. I got them. Uh, there are... There's 11 teams that they've beaten this year. Uh, Montreal four times. One other team they've beaten twice. Okay. Um, okay. I guess I shouldn't have to guess who the multiple win team is because there's just not really any way for me to know that unless I saw the games, which, True. I, which I did not. Uh, I've watched Detroit play, uh, I think, th- three times this year, and they were all against the Leafs two times, three times. Um, okay, so they, they, yeah, Montreal, they beat Boston. They beat Boston. I'm going to say they beat Buffalo. They beat Buffalo. Okay. Um... Anaheim. Anaheim. Wow, I'm doing fucking pretty good. The Devils? No. They have not beaten the New Jersey Devils. Look at them year. Devils. Hey, Elaine Nazardine. Let's fucking go. Minnesota? Nope. That yeah, makes sense. Uh, How many strikes you want? I gotta just think negative possession teams, probably, eh? Rangers? Nope. Jets? Yep. They beat the Jets. Uh... They actually had a three-game winning streak at one point. That's... no. Yep. <laughs> That's even sadder when you think about the season. October or November 8th, November 10th, and November 12th. Just think about the fact that a year ago, Jimmy Howard could have waived his no-trade clause to go anywhere, and he didn't do it. They had a five-game point streak. <laughs> um, Islanders? Nope. Fuck, that would have made too much sense. Predators? Yes. I guess I've pretty much just guessed everyone. Let me let me guess one more team. How many sure. more do I have? Five. Oh fuck! I'm not even close. All right, give me give me the list of teams. All right, they beat the Boston Bruins twice. Okay, that's your that's your other double team, which plus is the plus the Canadians. So that's six out of fifteen games. Yeah, they beat Buffalo, which you got. They beat Winnipeg, Anaheim, and Nashville, which you got. The teams you missed: Ottawa Senators. Oh, I thought I said them. No, yeah, I well, okay, I tried to anyway. San Jose. Okay. Okay. Um, gets a little fucky after this. Tampa. Vegas. <laughs> oh, God. Edmonton. 
Okay. And Dallas. What the hell happened? The Dallas man? Stars. Every other one of those made sense. It was the second game of the year. Oh. And they won 4-3. Oh, okay. Red Wings started the year 3-1. and one. <laughs> What the fuck? Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. They've won 12 of their last 64 games. It's not great. That's horrible. Um, they have a, just for those uh, keeping track at home, they've got a negative goal differential of 121. They've scored 136 and have allowed 257. So, mm. uh, go Red Wings. Not great. Yeah. Anyway, so some, some teams at the Red Wings have played 68 games. Some are still hovering around 64, I believe, is the lowest. The Islanders have only played 64. Penguins have 64. Rick, the schedule makers all over the place. Um, so... We're about two-thirds of the way through the season now. We're going to take a look at the playoff race implication-esque type scenarios that are forming. Um, we'll say three-quarters of the way. There's a... Three-quarters? Two-thirds? I think we're closer to three-quarters. Yeah, I guess two, so. Two-thirds yeah. would be about 50, 56, that's, that's 55. True. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a real fund uh, development happening in the metro. I'll give you that for free uh, up front. But uh, yeah, so do you want to start out west? Or you want to start out east? What do, what do you like? What do you? What's your uh, conference? It's earlier in the east, so okay. Yeah, no, it's later in the east. East coast bias. It's, I get la- it. it's later in the east, so we'll go to the east. All right, I get it. So as it stands, <clears throat> as of right now, the uh, the metropolitan uh, holding down the uh, spots in the division are the Washington Capitals, eighty six points. The Flyers on a six-game winning streak, are in second at 83 points. The Penguins at 80, uh, having lost six straight. Um, just just working off that alone, um, real, real down for uh, Battle of Pennsylvania. I, 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 don't know if I, know, I don't know if you're ever not down for the Battle of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think it'd be really good this year. Because I think, I think, dare I say it, this is the first time in what I would say is about eight years... I consider the Philadelphia Flyers to be a strong hockey team. I think they're really good. Yeah. Well, they uh, look good. Anyway. I like them a lot. Um, yeah, this is it's a first. I, well, I actually didn't even realize they passed Pittsburgh. Um, this would be the first time in a while where I think that the Flyers actually stand more than a chance of beating the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really down for it. I'm down for the Flyers. I like the Flyers. Mm-hmm. I, I've always said that they're, you know, a team that I actually don't mind. So, um, yeah, I like Claude Giroux. Would like to see him get another kick at the can while he's still, you know, still a considerable NHL player. And uh, Deep team. They got, they got... Yeah, which was always their problem, right? Like, yeah. that was the thing. Like, last year, you know, you wouldn't say that they had a very deep bottom six. And now, you know, they had players maybe that were playing up a little bit in their lineup and playing more minutes than they should have been because they didn't have, you know, Kevin Hayes and and shit like that. And right. That's a deal. Makes me look stupid because I really didn't think that that was going to... He's been worth, like, basically every fucking penny for them. He's been unreal. They're going to they're gonna have about 16 guys that could conceivably get to 20 points in the season. Uh, just a, a deep, deep threat. Um, now... To go back a little bit, Washington safe? Do we agree that Washington is kind of the clear-gone favorites in, in terms of winning the Metro at this point? They're only three up on the Flyers. Like in the regular season? Yeah. Uh, 
They're only three up on the Flyers, but it, it took know, the Flyers the, a six-game winning streak to get back in here, The Capitals here, right? make me a little nervous lately, man. Like, they haven't really been playing all that good. They're 4-5-1 and one over their last ten. Um, there are a lot of things I don't... I don't know. That, that give me, like, reservations about them, but... I don't know. I think in the long run they should be fine. It's just every time they sputter, uh, Todd Reardon kind of makes me nervous as a coach and, you know. Right. As it's shaking down, uh, the Capitals, if it started today, would play the Islanders in the first round. Mm. Uh, Battle of Pennsylvania in the other matchup. Uh, I, I'm there with you. I like Philly out of that. I think Philly wins that series, especially if they have home ice. And uh, you know, out, of, out of the Battle of Pennsylvania? Yeah. And uh, no disrespect to the, uh, you know, Barry Trotz's of the world, but I, I, I would have to take Washington over the Islanders in that in that regard. Um, good defensive team, the Islanders. I just, I don't I don't know. Caps, man. Yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah. You know, I don't Caps. buy the Islanders. I've already said that, so. Um, I, I more so was, though, it's kind of interested in what you think in the wild card race, like in the actual, like, who's going to make the playoffs there. Um, because the, the race... Is seemingly uninteresting when you look at it for a second. There's a three point gap, and um, but I would consider the Hurricanes to be a much stronger team than the Capital, or the, sorry, than the uh, than the Blue Jackets or the Islanders. So, and they do have three games in hand on the Blue Jackets. They've played the same amount of games as the Islanders, but um, like you, you see, the Islanders getting in probably. Um, it's just hard to imagine them blowing that. That cushion on, you know, probably the Rangers, because I, I don't think the Blue Jackets are going to make it. But I, th- I think the Islanders are relatively safe, I'll say that. Um, it's tough to say that the Hurricanes will. I want them to. Like, I, I think that they deserve to be there. But uh, the the Mrazek-Reimer thing is... That's going to, I think, kind of make or break their season, because... Neither guy that they yeah, it hasn't up. helped. It hasn't helped since it happened, right? Like they they haven't won a game since that happened. I no. don't think. Okay, so neither guy they called up has looked anywhere near capable of of putting a, a strong effort in. Um, unless they get one of those two guys back, I I really don't know if they're going to be able to make a a reasonable stand to stay in this thing. I mean, the loser point helps everybody, right? We we talk about that. Um, so. You know, they do have the games in hand, and that that's working for them. But, you know, I, I think we're at a point now where I'd be more worried about the Rangers if I'm Carolina than I would be about the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that's not the – I don't think that's going in the right direction. So mm-hmm. I, I will say that I, I think Florida's kind of done at this point. Everybody else is below 70 points, which is what I would call yeah, the cutoff. It's a, it's a huge loss against Calgary last night. Yeah. Like that's That was not a game that they could afford to, to lose. And they, they can't win on home ice right now, which is never no. a good sign. Um, you know, Not you know. that they ever particularly have home ice advantage. Or right. You're, you're five points back of, of both the wild card and the Atlantic. So there's, there's two routes, which I, I guess is in their favor. They have, they have two different ways of getting in. Mm-hmm. But... It's just not looking good in Florida. They had so many opportunities, and they just seemed to keep spinning the tires in the mud, and they couldn't get any traction going. Yeah. And I think they've kind of missed well, they, the window. The issue is now too is they're they're essentially waiting for the Leafs to fuck up because that that is that is maybe their better route into the playoffs right now. And you know, I I the Leafs are kind of a wild card, right? Like I don't really know what to make of them either, even as a Leaf fan. Like I, it's one of those when, things they, when where... they hit their stride, they're clearly a good team, but. 
you know, you can say that about a lot of the other teams that they're trying to battle. You know, I, I think the Hurricanes are one of if if like you know their top five team in the league. I think, but they're battling. They're on the outside looking in right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 hard to say, but um, I would I would say the the, the Panthers are more of a, a lost cause than it is that the Leafs are a lock. Like I think it's both things working against each other. Well, F- Florida's uh, depth has let them down more than Toronto's has, and and down the stretch that could be the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing too that the Leafs have gotten, uh, although not that much better, but I feel much better about the Leafs goaltending moving forward than I do the the Panthers because I really don't know what to make of the Panthers goaltending. Yeah, you know the Leafs right now it looks like they've still they've got sound two options, but the Panthers I like who is their goalie? Like I, I don't even know. You know, it seems to change on a week to week basis, and that's not a great note right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. A guy gets hot, then great, but you're waiting for the guy to get hot. Right. No, for sure. The Atlantic, I guess we'll just since we talked about the Metro, we'll just quickly. Boston's to lose at this point. Um, I see. I see no change. Boston will be one. Lead. Tampa two, and I I believe Toronto will finish third. Yeah. Okay. Out west. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start maybe in the Pacific because I think it ties more nicely into the wild card race. Whereas I think the Central's more or less locked up. Um, so you got Vegas out on top with 80 points. They seem to have kind of finally figured it out after yeah, they're, they're going to be fine. Sputtering all season. Uh, the Oilers are still hanging on in second place. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, he's back. He's looking real real good with a four-point night tonight. Real good. Yeah. Five-point. Five-point. There mm-hmm. it is. Um, and then the Calgary Flames are hot on their uh, heels with 75 points. Um and then, boom, we're down to the wild card. Vancouver, one point out. Listen, James, you know, you hear, sometimes you hear about doubling down and tripling down. Not really a betting guy. Quadrupling down. Sure. Uh, I I am so wrong that I'm still not going to admit that I'm wrong and I'm just going to bury this take into the ground. The Oilers are missing the playoffs. <laughs> Currently six points up on... Uh, <laughs> Available option. Yeah, the, the second best team in the league since uh, Tippett split up McDavid and Dry settled the playoffs. I, I'm so, yeah. I'm five tuppling down. Sink tuple? Quin quintuple. Uh, no. 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 I'll get it. Okay. Um yeah, not sure you're gonna win that one, but uh good on you for sticking by your guns, man. Um so yeah, Van- gonna miss playoffs. Vancouver's a point out behind uh, Calgary. Um, and then after that, we jump down to Arizona, who are two points behind Vancouver. Th- this is a tight race. This is going to be a tight one. Yeah, the West is going to be an interesting one, I we, think. We, because... we can say that Chicago and the Californians are out. Uh, yeah. The Californians. <laughs> the Californians. You, what are you doing here, James? <laughs> And that so is the Californians. Like they, they, they. Not that I, no, no disrespect, but they're kind of the idiots of the West right now. You know, oh, are, like they're they just ever... the man. It's sad. I mean, hey, they like think back five years ago. Man, were those three teams ever good? Remember going to California and just hating life. Yeah, you got to wait up till ten thirty to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the first time the Leafs have gone on like a on the fucking Western California road trip where I'm not dreading watching it already. Yeah, I'm not. Nece- I still don't have great uh, thoughts on it, but I, you know, 
California. <laughs> Arizona at 72 points. Minnesota at 71. Minnesota hanging, hanging around. Hanging around like the Counting Crows. What do you like in the wild card? Nashville, Winnipeg are also kind of in the mix there with 72 points. Um, well, they're not kind of in the mix. Nashville's in a wild card spot. Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg tied with them points wise. Sorry, they're, I, sorry, they I couldn't I, be I more moved like... Nashville out to make way for Edmonton, <laughs> okay. who are apparently falling. Yeah, to... well, yeah, exactly. Um, this is tight. Central safe. Do you think do you think those three teams in the central are safe? St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas. Uh, I don't see I don't see Nashville or Winnipeg. Oh, from up. getting oh yeah no those, those yeah, are yeah. your three teams. Oh, I thought I know. I just thought you meant like in that order. Um, I kind of think that the Avalanche are going to win that division over the Blues, but I also you know I like I, I say all these things today, but I also thought the Oilers were going to miss a playoff. So like everything I say over the next like month till I get another take right, I think is like yeah. fucking no Blues are just the take division. it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I I have a little bit more faith in the Avalanche than I do the Blues, which is fucked to say because the Blues just won the cup. Yeah, well, don't um, look now, but here comes Vladimir Tarasenko. So, um, yeah, I don't really care about that. Ooh, but interesting. The the like I like the Stars too. It's a strong division. Like I like all three of those teams. I think they're they're all real good. Um, that's gonna be an absolute dogfight to get out of that fucking division. And of course, you know, Two threes the, in the, the first good, round of the ages. Well, the good news is for the Blues too is you know. With these other teams, it's not like they're looking around at each other, waiting for someone to step up. Like the Blues have been there; they know how to, you know, sure. they know how to get through it. And um, I, I do like I, I know I talk analytics and all this stuff, but I am still a believer in leadership and things like that. Like there is something to be said for that shit, and the Blues have a ton of it. Uh, they did even before last year, and now they're even more poised and and ready to get through this kind of shit. So, um, yeah, the, like the, all three of those teams, I think are legitimate threats out yeah. West. Like I, I, for as bad as the Western conference is a whole, as a whole, those three teams in Vegas may, would make me very nervous in the playoffs. And I mean, you know, there is still something to be said. The Oilers have, uh, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, um, the flames, you know, so I think, <laughs> Negative five goal differential flames. Yeah, I don't really care for the flames. I got to be yeah. honest with you, but um, yeah, I'd, I, I, I'm going to say that the Jets are going to make it over the Predators, um, and I'm really only saying that because I think the Predators will find a way to blow it, and I think the Jets are the most poised team to take advantage of that. Um, I don't necessarily know that the Jets are going to force their way into the playoffs, but I think that the Predators are going to play their way out of a spot, and it certainly looks like they're going to right now. Now, mind you, losing 8-3 on home ice um, might be the kick in the ass that you need, and tonight might be kind of, or last you know, last night, I guess, might be the spark, spark that they need to get out of it. So, you know, I, I, I understand that, but I still, I don't know, I don't have a lot of faith in Nashville as a whole. It, uh, Every part about them makes me nervous. Is it, is it crazy for me to be looking at Minnesota and no, not no. hating what I see? No, I don't, I, I don't either. They're they're like analytically speaking, are a really good team to be honest. Yeah, uh, like good defensive. They they haven't really changed much since the coaching change. Uh, somehow, Kevin Fiala is the best player in the world now, and uh, they've always had fairly decent defense and goaltending. So. 
you know, they're they're getting results right now. I'm going to say Nashville drops out. Yeah. I agree with you there. And um, based on their schedule, what's what's left? Yeah, the Jets' schedule isn't going to be fun. I'm I know that. I'm saying Calgary falls out, and Minnesota makes it. Yeah, Calgary has a has a tough schedule. I they think too. Right? So you think? I think Vancouver think, hops up in the third. Sorry, you think just Calgary misses? Calgary and Nashville. Okay. And you think who who goes in Minnesota and yeah Minnesota Winnipeg Winnipeg yeah yeah. What, what do you think of Arizona? Because like we've barely even really touched on them as of late. I, I don't. I don't really I know what to make of them anymore. I think they had a real, real good shot, and something happened. So, some someone's hurt. Uh, the dressing room's a mess. I, I don't really know what it is because on ice they don't look bad, but it, it's, they're just a hair off. It seems um, every time you you watch, um, you know what they did the night before. It's, you know... I just... When I watch them, I find they're just... They're going through the motions. Like, I don't yeah. really get... I don't get a lot of... This is a this is a horrible analytical way to fucking look at this. But, like, I don't get a lot of passion. They're not trying hard enough. Ugh. They don't... I don't know. Like, I just... I don't yeah, get it when I watch them. I don't really see what the like, fuck... They don't really have that one guy that is just kind of taking the no, team by the reins. No, and they, and don't, they don't even... Like, they don't have a lot of shifts where they seem to be driving possession a lot. But they defend decently well. Like, I watch their games and it's a lot of nothing. That's right. what I'm getting at. They, their games are boring. And, like, maybe that's a good thing. Like, maybe they're, like, sucking the other team's offense out of the game. Which might be true. But if you're not generating any of your own, it's kind of like the Flames. The Flames are trying to win every game one nothing, But are still allowing more opportunities than they should be in doing that. So they're playing boring hockey, but they're not even doing a good enough job at that. You know, I, I say this after they beat Florida 3 uh, nothing. you know, on a road trip. But, like, you know, who gives a shit? Right. You know? Yeah. It's it's really interesting. And, I don't know. I, I can't see them, you know, myself making them uh, a strong push back into the playoffs. Um, yeah. That's that's tough. Boy, how, how weird is this Bruce Boudreaux firing look in... In a few weeks, if if Minnesota makes it in there, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. Yeah, I, I again, like we said it at the time, and I, I don't really, I don't really know, I don't really know what that was all about. So no. you know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's worth noting that they're getting goaltending, and that's kind of a big thing to look at, right? When you're trying to make the playoffs, is the mm-hmm. you know. Now, Alex Stalock's been fantastic for them over, I, the last, I will, I will, over his last 15 starts. I will say this much. We each took a, uh, an Alberta team to miss the playoffs, but I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't well, say no to a battle of Alberta as, in the first as, round. As much as I'm tongue-in-cheek with that, you know, they're, they're fucking making the playoffs. But yeah, Battle of Alberta, first round. We got Pennsylvania out east. We got Alberta out west. You down? I'm, I'm kind of down. It's been a it's while. It's probably the only way I can stomach watching yeah. either of those teams. So, 1990 was the last uh, playoff matchup between those there, two teams. There, there are there. I don't think, other than with the exception of the Islanders, I don't think that there is a team in the playoff spot that I enjoy watching less than the Oilers or the Flames. Like I just don't like watching them just, either. Of them. You just hate 80s dynasty. Well, I like watching McDavid, but I mean, once he gets off the ice, I, I leave the room for five minutes. You know. Okay. So that's fair. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Uh, it's fine if that happens. Great, um, you know I'm happy for them. Uh, I I would be incredibly shocked to see either team beat Vegas. Incredibly shocked. I I think Vegas 
as long as they don't treat it this way, has a clear fucking course to the conference final if they want it. But it's just a matter of taking it, right? My, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing with Vegas is Vegas likes to play an offensive game, right? But it, there are few teams that I think could shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl, but Vegas is on the list. Yeah. So, you know, they just do so many things right. They do so many things the right way. They're so strong up front. They've got good enough defense. Like, they can kind of, they, Vegas can kind of beat you any way they want. And I think that that's a threatening thing because it's, you know, something that I would have said about the Blues last year, too, is the Blues are going to grind it out, but they can skate with you and score goals if you want to open it up. And, you know. Here's what I'll say if Peter DeBoer can go into that dressing room and hand the reins over to Robin Lehner, that team's going to the conference finals. Well, I think he's eventually going to have no choice, but... But we've seen it before. We see it every year. Every every playoffs, this happens. A coach waits too long yeah. to make that change. And it well, costs them. And I could see that being Vegas. I could see them wanting to stick with Fleury. De- DeBoer has been a guy in the past that really has no allegiance to what you've done. He is very much a cutthroat coach. And in San Jose, he literally just had no other fucking options other than Martin Jones and Aaron Dell. So it was like, well, I'm just going to play the guy that used to be good <laughs> more than the guy that was never good. It's funny you say that, though, so, because like he's never really had the option. Like, Look at his entire coaching career. He's only ever had one guy. Maybe he doesn't know how to change a goalie. I, I, I don't know. Like, like This is the first time he's actually had two options on that as a coach. So... I don't know. Again, it happens every year. It's Certainly happen with to players somebody. anyway. Like, he's never been right. afraid to bench guys. Right. And so I think that, yeah. you know, maybe is good news. But yeah, we'll I agree with you. know, I th- like, I think Leonard at this stage is, is the better goalie. But yeah. And it's not even a really a slight to Flurry. Like, even when Flurry's at his best, I he think. He just hasn't had a good I year. think Leonard's yeah. a really good goalie. I've yeah. always thought that, and I still think it. So, yeah. you know. Okay. Well, I, I think that, that kind of does it for our way too early playoff preview. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got a little. I got a little uh, quiz for you. Goody. Before we round out. Goody. Yeah. Well, I was inspired because we went. Uh, we went to a wine and cider tasting the other day. We, we learned. We learned some stuff about wine, and probably more about cider. I would say. I drank some wine. She was great. The, I forget her name, but she was fantastic. The lady who uh, was teaching us about cider. She she knew her shit, man. Not that the wine guy didn't, but you know. I enjoyed listening to her. She had some interesting things to say, I thought. so. Yeah. Um, I had a nice time. But I thought what I would do, because uh, tonight, you know, we're recording so late, and we, we normally do, because uh, you and I uh, work at a bar. And uh, I figured, since you've worked at a bar so much longer than me, that your your booze knowledge has got to be pretty good by this point, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that you're a big fan of the St. Louis blues so what i'm going to do is we're going to go and we're going to take a little blues booze cruise and i'm going to give you a name and you're going to have to tell me if this is a former draft pick of the st louis blues the owner of a prominent winery or vineyard you might say or uh, a character from a tom cruise movie because I know how much you don't like Tom Cruise. Okay, I'm just going to write this down. Blues, draft pick. Uh, no, no. Winery. 
What are you What are you doing? I'm just writing down the options. Oh, I was gonna say, don't be googling this. No. Or or a character from a Tom Cruise movie. Winery owner. Or Tom. Owner of a vineyard. Cruise character. Mm-hmm. Sorry, character played by Tom Cruise. So it would be the, yeah, it would be the name of a character that Tom Cruise okay. has played. So not just like the the third bad guy he killed in the no, first scene. No, no, no. That, that wouldn't be fun. Too. No. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna give you ten names. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first name. Uh, Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Operation Valkyrie is now in effect. Winery Stauffenberg actually came into effect. <laughs> Klaus von Stauffenberg drafted in the fifth round yeah. by the Blues in 1998. The uh, German defenseman. Answers actually all three. Uh, the first real name. Maxwell Tardy. Maxwell Tardy. I can't. I can't see a Tom. I can't see Tom Cruise sending off in a character last name Tardy. I just that just sounds like it's coming late for everything. I've got to tell you, when you're done with this, you should really look at a name of some of the characters he's played. That's fair. I'm going to go Blues draft pick. Uh, you are correct. Maxwell Tardy is a former draft pick of the St. Louis Blues. 2009, he went in the seventh round, 202nd overall. Nice. Uh, but I thought that might sound like a winery. So I was initially like initially this was going to be. Um, uh, just, just a like a like it could be like a tequila or a, you know like anything like that. And then I ended up doing it, and all the places ended up being wineries. So I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Fair you enough. Know? Yeah. I guess I could have just not told you that, and it would have made you know made your mind race a little mm-hmm. more. But uh, the second name, Joseph Phelps. Yeah, a lot of these are real average names. Mm. <laughs> real hard to kind of. Once again, I'm I'm. I don't think this is a Tom Cruise guy. Joseph Phelps. I'm going with winery owner. Uh, Joseph Phelps uh, owns a winery. Uh, they produce Insignia. Uh, their Cab Sav blend is $425 at the LCBO. So. I will not be sampling. I will be sans for sure. Uh, number three, yeah, not a lot of podcast money. don't know if mm. you guys know that. Number three... David Morissette. David Morissette. That's a winery. Mm. I understand why you would think that. Uh, we were actually looking for Blues draft pick. Yeah. Uh, David Morissette was drafted in 2000 in the second round, 64th overall. Uh, he actually played four NHL games. So, sure. former NHLer David Morissette. Sure he did. Here we go. Uh, number four. I don't even know how to say it. Stefan... Georgievich. Georgievich. Would you like it spelt? (laughs) Why not? Yeah, D J O R D J E V I C. Stefan. It's not often I don't know how to say a last name. Stefan Georgievich. Yeah, like maybe. Now, I don't think there's a lot of East European wineries. Okay. Seems more of a potato country. That being said, Stefan leads me to think this guy might be French. <laughs> this name could this name could be literally from anywhere. <laughs> Once again, I don't think Tom Cruise has played any East Europeans in any mm. of his films. See the name I th- I think you picked this because the name sounds like a hockey player, but if it was a hockey player, I think you would be able to pronounce it. So I'm I'm gonna go winery. Okay. That is a good guess. Uh, we were looking for 
Tom Cruise's character in All the Right Moves from 1983. Uh, he's a football player trying to win a scholarship. And that's the name they put on the back of the jersey. Real, real movie. Yeah, sure. Could have come up with... I don't think it's based on a true story, so they could have done any name. And they went with Stefan Your. I haven't seen the movie. That's so. Fucked. That's actually yeah. fucked. It's the only, it's the only uh, movie I used for this Tom Cruise where I didn't see the movie. Um, I've never, That's absolutely ridiculous. I've never even heard of it. I'm actually upset. Yeah, I'm a little well, mad. Sorry. Um, yeah. Well, there's not well, there's not much you can do other than get back at me here. You know, and, I'm not and mad at you. I'm mad, I'm mad at whoever made the character for that. Ooh. Movie. Okay. I'll look yeah. up the director while you're thinking about this next one. Number five, Tommy Vanelli. Wow. That that could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is screaming Tom Cruise at me right now, but. See, no, this is the thing, like, if, it, if this was a, an Al Pacino, that, that's a Tommy Vanelli, right? That's your Tommy fucking Vanelli. I'm sending Vanelli down from the docks. It's what the hell does you. that mean? I don't know, it's Italian. Um, Michael Chapman uh, was the guy who directed Dead to me. All, all the Right Moves. He's actually a cinematographer, one of his few f- uh, films that he directed, I believe. Dead to me. Um, sure he did something that we loved, maybe not. Oh, he did Primal Fear. That's a great movie. No, he was in Primal Fear. That's different. Wait, no. I'm going Blues draft pick. Uh, That is a former St. Louis Blues draft pick. Ooh, he did uh, Space Jam. This guy's actually pretty good. Um, Yeah, Tommy Vanelli, former draft pick of the St. Louis Blues. 2013, actually, recently. He's still in their system. Second round pick, 47th overall. Mm. So you're three for five. I am. To give you an update. So um, you need to go three for five over the next... Five and then you'll pass. Thanks. You know, so you just got to do sounds... do what you just did. You got to do it again. It's easy. You know, nice and easy. Nice. Number six, JJ McWilliam. <laughs> winery. It is a winery. Did you know that? Um, I knew that. I'd heard of McWilliam. Okay. In the booze line at some point, but I didn't know if it was like McWilliamson. Or McWilliams. Yeah, no, J.J. JJ McWilliam uh, Winery. Uh, Their Shiraz Cabernet blend is $10.95 at the LCBO. Try that out next week, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if we get uh, like 40 of those, we could just get a fucking bottle of Insignia. Or we could just have the one. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a nice time. Uh, Number seven, Justin Monmousseau. That, ooh, Justin Monmousseau. That... That sounds like a Blues draft pick. Is that your final answer? I think so. That's what I would have thought, James. Well, not mm-hmm. really, because I made this list up. Uh, we were looking for winery. Their Chenin Blanc is 1995 at the LCBO. Mm. Not a big white wine guy. No, me neither. But, you know, sounds. I'm sure it's good. I'm a, I'm a big white cider guy now. Mm. Mm. Okay. You're, what, four for seven now? I am. Four for seven. Uh, number eight, Daniel Caffey. Daniel Caffey. That's Tom Cruise. Okay. Uh, is that your final answer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that is Tom Cruise's character from A Few Good Men, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey. Have you seen the film? Oh, I have. Okay. On didn't, many occasions. didn't think you have. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies. It's. I don't like Jack Nicholson, but I, I don't mind the film. It's a good Yeah. Film. You don't even good like movie. him in that, though? Well, I mean. Do you like his acting performance in that? Because there's no way you like the character. Colonel Jessup's a prick. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. I I guess I like his... You know, 
half of the re- like I can't stand the guy when the guy opens his fucking mouth I just uh, tune out I don't know I just okay. yeah I don't get it yeah. well uh, you need to get one of the next two correct that's all you gotta do nice and easy 50% yep number nine Max Gardner Max Gardner can you spell Gardner like Jake Gardner <laughs> Blues draft pick. That is a Blues draft pick. 2010 third round, 74th overall. You have passed the Blues Booze Cruise, my friend. Would you like one more for good measure? Let's, let's take it home. Ethan Hunt. Oh, yeah, that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to just throw it so blatantly down the pipeline that maybe you wouldn't get it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, of course. Uh, his character from Mission Impossible, 1996, 2000, 2006, 2011, 2015, 2018, and they are currently producing another one. The Hunt Winery opened up in 1902. <laughs> the St. Louis like, Blues drafted yeah, Ethan Hunt. He sounded like a hockey player, I thought. Yeah. 1976 yeah. draft. Oh, no, no, yeah. Could have been all three. Yeah, but no, yeah, for I'm for big, sure, for sure. You're a big Mission Impossible guy. Oh, yeah. See, now I like the reason I picked Tom Cruise is I thought that was would have been funny because I assumed you had never seen a Tom Cruise movie other than Valkyrie and Tropic Thunder. I was gonna again, I was gonna throw Les Grossman in there oh, just yeah. to see if you oh. would get it right away or not. But yeah. um, yeah, as as much as I don't really love his acting, I see a surprisingly large number of Tom Cruise films. I mean, if you if you really go down the list. There's no flops. Like, he's... Every movie after, like, 1985 is, like, an absolute fucking... Even before 1985, like, Risky Business. You know, like, pretty much everything he's done has been a massive movie. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, that's American Made, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Everything else I've heard of. It's on Netflix. I was going to watch it the other night. Oh, yeah, I've seen that on there. Yeah, Yeah, everything else, huge movie. Hmm. Edge of Tomorrow, big film. Yeah. Valkyrie, big fan. Big film. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Lions for Lambs, classic. You know? He's he's great. I'm a big fan. Okay. No well, thanks, that was well, I guess, yeah. I like that better than the uh, other one you'd like to torment me with. Mm, it'll be back. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, we had fun. I, uh, I, I gotta be honest with you. We, we keep saying we're gonna be back to Mondays. It might be Tuesdays from now on. I don't know. It's, it's gonna be hard to say. Um, but what I do know is we'll be back toward the beginning of every week to provide you with more, you know, guarantees that the Oilers are gonna miss the playoffs, even though they'll probably win like nine in a row now. More, more complaining about the league without actually giving any suggestions on how to fix it. Yeah, no. Yeah, did we did we provide any fucking constructive criticism for any team tonight? Really? Ooh, nope. I don't think I don't, can't remember anything. Nope. Don't. I said not to play Morgan Riley if he's not healthy, but that's more just common sense. Start Leonard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good note. Start Robin Leonard. Yeah, I like that. Let's do it. Put him in the net. Okay. Uh, you can find us on basically wherever you're listening to us now. But if you're for some Do reason... Do the same thing next week. If you're looking to change providers, I guess, then... Maybe you have a guest in the car that doesn't know what you're using. Uh, yeah. A co-worker in the next room. Boy, I really like this. What are you <laughs> listening to? What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, you can... have, you ever, have you ever overheard a podcast and then started listening to it because you heard someone else listening to it? No. <laughs> no. I I stumbled on Puck Soup and I hate most other podcasts. So that's pretty much the extent of that. 
Um, I was listening to a 60-minute podcast last week. <laughs> John, I'm, I'm not going to get down with your podcast. For I'm those sorry. of you who have never been on a road trip with former guest of the podcast, John Chozik, uh, I always tell him that I've made a playlist or, you know... Or just we can listen to whatever on the drive down. And he says, oh, good. I have a few CBC podcasts I've been meaning to catch up on. Do you remember the time we were driving to Winnipeg and I like we hadn't really been to bed? And uh, I fell asleep on the drive there and I woke up and he's just got a fucking CBC podcast just cranked. 20 minutes outside of Dryden. I'm like, this is the worst moment of my life. You and I collectively just said more words making fun of John than John spoke on the podcast. That's true. Well, he did a good job on that soundbite last week. I'll I'll give him that. that. Yeah, I didn't expect that. uh, Really nice nice of him to stop. You might know me as the guy who didn't talk much. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Clomper, Portugal Radio, for those of you who have not figured out yet, those last two are not real things. I, I feel like after, I feel like almost a year ago we stopped mentioning that that was a joke. And there's probably people out there legitimately like think that we're on like a Portuguese like audio podcast player that specifically only plays. Do we know that Clomper's not real? Maybe Mark Maron was just supporting a, an actual thing. We never actually checked, did we? <laughs> well, it definitely never used to be real, but I wonder if anyone's made it real since he made the joke about it. Uh, no, still no clomper. Okay. Portugal radio is real, I can tell you that. They have radio in Portugal. We're on it. We're uh, the number two hockey podcast in Portugal. Clomp is another word for clogs. I didn't know that. It's the, it's a Danish word for clogs. We are the number six podcast in Daneland, uh, the Netherlands. Do, like, do you think uh, is there? Do you think there's a podcast about clogs? That might be a. We might be a untapped market for us. Next, we'll be looking at a very nice pair of the 1724s, made from a distinguished light brown oak. They feature a pair of roses. On the heel, as well as some fresh daisies at the toe of the shoe. These clogs would have been worn by G-Common people during the mid-afternoon. Get out of your clogs for going into pool, yeah? Uh, what else? <laughs> follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Is anyone listening still? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess that's it. Wrap it up. We've uh, we've been also asked to potentially start doing a video version of the podcast. I've had a few people reach out to us about that. If that's something that you would like, uh, please text six two one two four seven nine. Give them your feedback, as well as hashtag Estefan or hashtag Live in La Vida Loca. That people sweepstakes know, still going on. People know reason. what we look like, right? They want what? What? I I don't get it. People think it'd be entertaining to watch us talk about this. I know I know Dangle does it when he records his. But he has like a legit like big following on YouTube. So but that's his shtick. He's a YouTuber. Yeah. 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 No, but like I, I get like I mean that like that's the whole idea behind like Where does the video Tim go? and Sid. Like that's how Tim and Sid started, right? It was just a radio show that had a video feed and people would watch it on Sportsnet and be like, Well, we would post it to YouTube. But like I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they think it's more entertaining to watch us argue with each other than 
You know what I mean? Or when I get mad, I'm, we're not going to do that. But. We, we can add the video. I'm not changing my thing. You change, what thing would I'm you not, have to I'm change? not getting more Your hot stick? Yeah. No, I know that. Well, I wouldn't be able to. But, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they want to laugh with us. We should get to laughing more next week. You know yeah, what? We'll next week, it. next we'll week. It. Here, here's our mission to you. Next week is going to be uh, upbeat week on Laced Up a Hockey Podcast. Nothing but happy conversations. We're going to do our best to bring it to you. Does, we got a week to prepare. Does the league we're know gonna, that? Well, maybe we, maybe don't maybe we don't fucking talk about hockey next week. Maybe it's your. I was going to say the first non-hockey episode of Laced Up a Hockey Podcast. We've done like movie commentaries and <laughs> Oscars. <laughs> like, and, yeah. We need to get around to that mystery Alaska commentary too. I bought uh, I bought uh, a thirty for thirty box set, and it should be here tomorrow. So we could do like oh, I downloaded like the whole King, thing. King's Ransom, you there know, you we go. could talk about that or whatever. Yeah, that was a good one. We could do. I think there's a few hockey ones. I hope so. King's Ransom. There might be only be the might only be the one. Is there more than that? The David Ayers story. Oh, fu- well, there probably will be one about David Ayers. You would think. Hmm. Everyone keeps talking about the movie. Like, there should be like a John Scott one, I think, a thirty for thirty. Because I'm not, I don't need a full fucking movie of that. They were always talking about like they were going to develop a script of John Scott getting into the All Star game. I don't need to watch that. It was cool. Yeah, I wouldn't watch a movie about yeah, it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we just because it's a thing doesn't mean we need to make a movie about it. True. You know? And just Very because true. it was already a movie doesn't mean we need to make another movie. But all right, I'm just all right. Goodbye. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone! Feeling in my bones is down to the wire.
put your hands up high.